A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog False Teacher of the Week, episode 75. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. So the Master's Dog False Teacher of the Week segment, the False Teacher of the Week segment of the Master's Dog podcast, was born out of the old introduction video. It was about a two and a half minute montage set to a really cool song called No Compromise by Result, used by permission. Thank you, Result. And... Somebody came to me and said, I don't know who all these people are. Some of them I thought were okay. Would it be possible for you to kind of break it down and tell us who they are and why, what makes them a false teacher? And so that's where this segment of the podcast came from. I started with Stephen Furtick, which is who she specifically had a question about. And then I systematically went through that montage. I think it was 39 false teachers in all that I just broke them down and said, this is what they teach. This is why they're considered a false teacher and not just pseudo Christian heretics, anything like that. I mean, I, I do atheists. I do politicians. Anyone who has a kind of a bully pulpit, anyone who has the, the sphere of influence to be considered a teacher or, you know, a presenter of information and it's false, I'm going to deal with them. I mean, I've done Oprah Winfrey, Donald Trump, uh, you name it, Hemet Mehta, uh, Richard Dawkins. You know, the, the selection of false teachers is far and wide and you can get them. So, um, again, this, that's, that's kind of the background for the new people, the new subscribers. Um, a lot of new subscribers over the last few weeks, and mostly that is because of you guys who like and share and comment. That makes the algorithm send the video out to more and more people that, as they search for these things, and then we're able to get more subscribers through that. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit that notification bell. Get all the content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm channel, um, and... Yeah, we'll see more and more subscribers just keep on coming. So one of the things that I do ask is in this segment for false teachers is that if you have somebody that you would like me to look into, please leave a comment. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Master's Dog or the Evangelical Norm on Twitter. You can find me at Facebook, Norm Dunham. Anywhere where you have an idea, somebody, a false teacher that you think I should be doing something on, please let me know because today's episode, today's false teacher actually comes from one of my subscribers, uh, Jeff Jocelyn, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he just threw this out. He, I, I'm not sure which video this was a, a comment on, but thanks for the video. Have you done a video about Gregory Dickow? 
I think that's how you pronounce his name. He says, I tried to look through your videos to see, but couldn't find it. He's gaining speed on Facebook with videos. He's obvious word of faith, prosperity, false teacher, and false prophet. I've not seen any videos yet about him. Thanks and blessings to you for your ministry. First John 4, 1. So, Jeff, thank you for the suggestion. For the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of trying to watch some of his videos, uh, Greg Dickow's videos, um, read some of the stuff that he's done. Um, and I, I got to say, a lot of these guys, these uh, these false teachers, these prosperity guys, it is so tedious to watch. Because, again, you get you get guys that are just straight to the point. Todd Bentley, you know, let me kick you in the teeth and uh, and get you to donate money. And then you get guys that are just a little bit more smooth. This guy, I mean, he almost kind of looks like Tony Robbins, right? I mean, he just has that that self-help guru look to him. He's got, you know, the the strong jaw, the the, you know, the the thick neck, the broad shoulders, uh, you know, the grizzled face that that, you know, that next day 5 a.m. shadow. Right. A little more than a five o'clock shadow going on there. So he just has that. And he but he is as I'm watching some of the videos, just very smooth. Just I'm, as I'm watching it, it almost reminded me of uh, growing up Mormon. There's LDS teachers have this this kind of sing songy way of, of speaking and so on. This, I mean, this guy wasn't, it wasn't sing-songy, but it was just, there was just a quality to just a charismatic, uh, I mean, immediately there's like this, this, not like my voice, uh, my voice is, uh, I find it irritating to listen to myself. I hope you don't. Um, but there was just kind of like this deep resonating, uh, I want to say kind of an authoritative sound to his voice. I mean, very welcoming, right? So, but it, it's tedious to, as you're sitting there watching going, I just want to get to some meat. I want to see what it is that you're presenting. And I really did. I didn't go into this going, well, I'm going to find all the false teachings that I can. I went in there going, you know what? He, he might be okay. He could be okay. I just want to, I got to get through the, um, the anecdotal, the stories, the, you know, the, the personal histories kind of thing to get to the meat of what you're saying. And there's, there's such a, a tediousness to that. So, um, one of the things I like to do when I, when I get into some of these with doing the false teachers is I like to let them give the, give a presentation of who they are. So I like to go to their webpage, get their about here. You're going to see a little bit of what I'm talking about in just the way that he communicates because a lot of these guys, you go into the about and it just gives you a bio, you know, this guy was born in this, 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 and this is the place. And you know, blah, 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 went to this school and so on. Right. You get the, just the, the typical bio, usually maybe one or two funny lines in there. Um, you know, my bio, uh, for our old church webpage, I think one, one, not, not the, the last church that I was at, but, um, the church that I pastored in Colorado, I think my bio literally started. Um, I was born a poor little black child. You know, uh, the jerk. Uh, if you know, you know. So, um, but rather than your typical bio, he just tells a story. 
So I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm not going to get too into it, but I'm just going to give you, this will give you kind of an idea of just the the draw in that, that he has in all of his videos and so on. He says, I understand how painful it is to think you can't connect with God. I've been through dark times in my own life, and I've met thousands of men and women who carry shame and deep hurt too often from their religious upbringing. upbringing. I believe every one of us in this, is in this world for a purpose. My God-given purpose is to help others experience change from the inside out. So you're already getting kind of the, the, the prosperity, um, self-help, secret kind of, uh, almost a, there's almost a, a deconstructioning going on here too. Deep hurt from their religious upbringing. No, oh, that religion. This is, you know, it's Jefferson, what was the kid's last name? Jefferson Rathke or something like that that did the the thing went viral about 10 years ago. Um, why I love Jesus but not religion or something to that effect. But when you really break it down, Christianity, it's, an, it's a religion. Jesus established a religion. You know, yes, it's based on our, our relationship with him and our repentance and faith in him. But still, it is a religion. He says, I don't have a complicated message. I want to encourage people with the good news of God's unconditional love and to see that they that and to see that reality change their thinking and their emotions. My life story is one of transformation. I was a 16-year-old selling drugs, a young man hopeless and battling depression, someone whose negative thoughts told him he'd never accomplish anything. Pa- power of positive thinking, y'all. That was me, but it's not me anymore. God's given me a new message. Through television and technology, I have the opportunity to connect with millions of people every week and help them cultivate their God-given worth. There's a lot of me, me, me going on in here. Over 500,000 men and women have been transformed through my book and free program, Fast from Wrong Thinking. Again, this is this is very much uh, the law of a, the the law of attraction because it's not a law. Um, I've marked 25 years in ministry along with my wife, Grace. Together, we've led Life Changers Church in Chicago. Why do I have so much faith for you? Because I've seen God do what he did for me over and over in the lives of people just like you. So, again, you really, once you get into some of his videos, I think I've watched over the last two weeks, I probably watched, uh, painfully watched. Uh, well, that's that's not fair. Not really painful, just tedious. It's it's just really, you've got to trudge through all of that stuff um, to get to some kind of meat of the message, which really when you get there, it's the power of positive thinking, it's sowing and reaping, it's the, 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 the law of attraction, it's the secret wrapped up in a uh, facade of Jesus Christ, is what it is. Not a whole lot of talk of repentance that I heard. Not a whole lot of talk of, you know, letting repentance, which literally means change the way you think. Um, not letting that lead, but letting, you know, the power of positive thinking, you know, fasting from wrong thinking. You are what you think about and blah, blah, blah. You put, what you put out to the universe is going to come back to you. You know, these kind of things. So... Um, the reality is, is when you put yourself in that, when you're, when you're teaching that sort of thing, you're making yourself God, you're putting God in your, um, 
in your debt. Again, and that's what a lot of this is, is you get this stuff of, you know, where um, inherent in some kind of gospel message is not only a salvation message. I went through his stuff by topics. There's not a lot on salvation or repentance, but there's a whole lot on prosperity and things like that. But you have this idea that God is obligated not only to save you, but to heal you and make you prosperous and these other things. I literally had a friend one time, good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in years because this conversation was the last one that we had where he was calling and he was like, he was very upset about the way things were going in his life. He had uh, been divorced from, from his first wife, um, didn't get to see his daughter very much, Was start, had tried to start a couple of new relationships, which just kept failing. And he was so upset that his life was not like this picture perfect uh, you know, thing. And as I'm telling him, I'm like, well, you know, here's the thing. You're not... It's, it's not based on your worth of what you can do for God. It's based on his worth, his worth and what he's done for you. And somewhere through the conversation, I mean, very much a, you know, a total depravity, uh, you know, tulip kind of conversation. And somewhere in there, as we were talking, he literally said, God owes me. And I went, What? How is it that you have put God in your debt? But that's what this kind of preaching does. When you hear this, when you listen to the Benny Hins and the Joel Osteens and the, you know, the Greg Dickows and, and so on, it's this message of when you come and you give your life to Jesus, again, it's all about your decision, your decisional regeneration, you taking that walk down the aisle, you going to that altar. When you make these decisions, then somehow God is suddenly in your debt because he gained some massive blessing in you deciding to forsake your sin and come to him. When the reality is, again, It is not us that seek after God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that draws us to himself. It's the kindness of Christ and his sacrifice on the the cross is what leads us to repentance. And leading us to repentance is, again, I'm sorry, but his idea of, of of fasting from wrong thinking, some of those wrong thinking things are where we have to put ourselves in order to recognize our need for a Savior. We have to put ourselves... Paul says in Romans 3 that they were altogether worthless. That is completely opposite of what Greg's message is in this power of, of uh, or fasting of wrong thinking. Is that, that is you are this of amazing worth. Now, life is precious and we are made in the image of God and so on. But as sinners in need of a Savior... We have to come into agreement with Paul that we are completely worthless. God gains nothing by saving us. We are the ones that gain, and he is glorified by showing how great he is that even while we were sinners, enemies of God, Christ died for us. Again, we have all of these places. You have to understand the bad news that you are destined for hell in order to recognize your need for a Savior to save you from that. You have to understand 
that the punishment that is going on in hell, the eternal conscious torment, is the wrath of the Father, not the the torment of demons and so on. Though they will be tormented along with those who are cast into the lake of fire, who do not repent and put their faith in Christ. And that message of the gospel, it, you don't come to Jesus for a better life. You know, Shylin, we heard him in the in the introduction video. You know, you don't treat Jesus like a lottery ticket. He's not a blank check. We don't go, I'm giving my life to you, so now gimme, gimme, gimme. That's kind of the attitude that comes through some of these messages. I had a lady in a church in my church one time tell me that we can demand from God the blessings that that we are uh, owed by Him. And I, I, I looked at her and I said, you realize that's the attitude of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son didn't come back until he was humbled. It's the prodigal son that says, give me my inheritance now while you're still alive. I want it now. Right? That's the attitude that, that comes with this. And so the understanding that we, do, we don't demand from God. Right? We don't demand from him. We don't, we, we never, he's not obligated to be gracious. It is not an obligation for God. The, the law and who he is and the, his nature obligates him to be just. Again, we get to Romans 3, what Paul is talking about. God is obligated to be just. He is obligated to punish sin because it's a violation of the law and the fact that justice and righteousness is the foundation of his throne, that he is a holy, righteous lawgiver, he is obligated to be just and to, uh, to mete out justice as it is deserved. And he becomes just and the justifier of those who have faith in, cross, in Christ where his, uh, his righteousness is demonstrated on the cross and his justice is demonstrated on the cross. We look at two different things. Either sin is going to be punished on that person in eternity or sin, our sin was punished on Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. Again, one of my favorite preachers, and I always mess up the, the, the quote now. I only get it right every once in a while when it pops up in my, my memories when the day that I actually tweeted it. But essentially, it's something like this. So one of my favorite pastors, Darren Caldwell, said that justice for the unbeliever demands... Um, oh, how does it go? For the unbeliever, justice demands that God looks upon their sin. For the believer, justice demands that God look upon the cross. Something to that effect. And all this is to say that we come to Christ for salvation, not for a better life. We don't come to Christ for all of these fringe benefits of prosperity and health or whatever. Those could be things that come along with salvation that might be a blessing that you get. But then there are other people that are never healed. You know, we see, you know, the Apostle Paul dealt with sickness. Timothy dealt with sickness. We've seen Christians throughout the ages who got cancer and died and so on, and God never chose to, to heal them, or nor was he obligated to do so because of the gospel, right? That gospel that God, you know, that Todd White and Todd Bentley and Benny Hinn and all these people, that if your faith is just strong enough, God is going to heal you. This does, none of this is actually the gospel, because again, when you look at these things that he's talking about, you know, change your attitude, your life will get better. Well, what happens when it doesn't? 
What happens when he's offering these things, saying Jesus is going to do this for you, but what happens when it doesn't? Those people fall away. Those people, that the, their joy is choked out by the, the worries of the world, right? But then you, when you see people who are willing to endure great persecution, when we look at things that uh, are going on in Nigeria where Christians are being murdered for their faith, North Korea, and all these other places where Christians are literally being martyred in prison and beaten and, and killed for their faith in Christ, they endure that persecution because they didn't come to Jesus for a better life. They came to Jesus for the salvation, for the forgiveness of their sins, and nothing more. There were, there were no strings attached to the salvation of going, oh, health or prosperity or whatever, because these people don't always experience that. Maybe they've seen somebody healed a prayer that was answered, but then they may have seen that same person murdered weeks later because they were proclaiming the, the healing that they got from Jesus Christ. Does that make sense that we don't come to Christ for these, these, these fringe benefits for prosperity? I mean, does, does God never let anybody who's Christian be prosperous? No, we, we see prosperous Christians. We see Christians who have experienced healing and so on and so forth. But again, those are not things that are owed. The only time I ever agreed with Mark Driscoll, well, not the only time, but one of the few times that I'm willing to admit I agree with Mark, Mark Driscoll, there's a reason that they're called miracles and not Wednesday. Not everybody is entitled to a miracle. Not everybody is going to receive that, that complete and total healing. Not everyone is going to receive you know, a windfall of money that's going to get them completely and totally out of debt. But everyone who comes to Christ in repentance and faith is going to receive eternal life, the forgiveness of sin, and eternal life with God the Father. That's what salvation is about. That's what the gospel is about. Anything tied onto it is a false teaching. Anything beyond that, salvation plus, is not an, an absolute guarantee, and it is a false teaching. And you're, again, what you win them with, win them with, is what you got to keep them with. And if those things do not absolutely come to fruition. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to fall away because they're going to feel like they've been deceived. They've been hoodwinked, right? They've been sold a bill of goods by a, by a snake oil salesman that didn't work out the way they wanted it to. This is why we have to speak out against these false gospels and these false preachers and so on. And so that's why I do this podcast week after week is to share with you these people who are, you know, and would I absolutely say that he's a that Greg Dickow is a heretic? I don't I didn't see anything that is absolutely heretical, but there's there's absolute false teaching going on there. There there is a bad presentation of the gospel. Um, he I mean I did see some things in there where the gospel is presented, but it's 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 attached with strings. And so there you go. That's Greg Dickow. Uh, thank you for the suggestion, Jeff. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, again, if you have suggestions, I've got a list. I've got a few other people on here. You can't really see anything on there. I've got some names um, of people that I'm looking into and will be coming up in future episodes. So thank you all for your suggestions. Keep sending them. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, and as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, 
Soledale Gloria.